Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Andrew Miller, founder and chief operating officer at Kumuna Therapeutics. He's going to talk about the company's lead product candidate, CAR-XT. He's also going to talk about how this investigational treatment offers a potential new approach to treating schizophrenia and other neuropsychiatric conditions. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Miller. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, was uh, mental health your first love when you decided to, to go into uh, healthcare? Um, so actually, I'm a, a PhD scientist by training. Originally, uh, studied in chemical and biomolecular engineering. So um, yeah, that was my original interest and and field of research. And you know, probably about 15 years ago, I had the opportunity uh, to really get you know some professional exposure to mood disorders as well as schizophrenia and really developed a passion for mental health based on that and, and have been working on it ever since. Now, I mentioned that you're working on a, a potential treatment, a new approach to treat schizophrenia and other mental conditions. For listeners who may not be familiar with schizophrenia, tell us a little bit about uh, about this condition. Sure. Well, I think with respect to um, patients living with schizophrenia, I think probably the thing that most people are perhaps most familiar with is the idea of psychosis or hallucinations, delusions. Um, we refer to them as positive symptoms of, of schizophrenia. They're really the kind of the hallmark of schizophrenia. Um, you know, behind that, there's also um, both negative symptoms or affective symptoms, things like anhedonia, um, as well as cognitive impairment associated with schizophrenia. So we kind of refer to that as the, the three symptom domains of schizophrenia. You know, it's typically um, a disorder that presents in you know late teens, early adulthood. Um, and patients will be symptomatic and, and in need of treatment really for the remainder of their lives after that. Um, it's unfortunately something where patients are, um, you know, not uh, typically are living in some sort of supported care setting, family or, or otherwise, um, and often have difficulty being able to maintain employment uh, as well as typical social and familial relationships. Um, so right now, unfortunately, the, the prognosis for patients long-term has some significant limits. That is as a, a disease burden on the patient simply by living with the disease. But what about the stigma from the outside world about this particular mental health condition? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, unfortunately continues to be a significant issue in, in our society. And I think certainly outside of the United States as well, um, it really does um, place a big burden on patients. It adds um, a whole other level of complexity to patients and families as they're sort of receiving you know, this diagnosis. Um, I think it plays a big role in you know, the continued sort of integration and role of, of patients in society in a number of, of different ways. Um, and it really just adds on to the, the burden and uncertainty um, that patients, have, you know, and I think caregivers and family members as well um, feel at this point in time. And I think the idea that um, we can't be open and, and speak freely about it really just kind of continues to contribute to that sort of a negative association and stigma associated with, you know, mental illness and, and schizophrenia specifically. Um, you know, I think it's something we continue to make progress on from a societal perspective, but, you know, certainly have a long, a long way to go at this point. 
Talk briefly about the historical treatment for schizophrenia and similar mental health conditions to schizophrenia and why there is a need for a new treatment option that's uh, safe and effective. Yeah, well, I think that comes back to fundamentally what do we know about the disease and how does that inform how, how we treat it. And I think, you know, unfortunately, mental illness as a, as a field um, and schizophrenia specifically, you know, we, we really struggle despite the fact that all the scientific breakthroughs to really understand the developmental, the genetic um, aspects to, to disorders like schizophrenia. It's likely that schizophrenia is very heterogeneous disease, um, has a lot of, you know, perhaps related causes, but um, that makes it challenging to think about how we develop new treatments and, and new medicines for patients living with schizophrenia. Um, you know, right now, um, all of those treatments really harken back to the original antipsychotic medicine, chlorpromazine. It was discovered sort of serendipitously um, or accidentally uh, back in the 50s. Um, it's a fundamentally a modulator of, of dopamine and all currently available treatments that have been introduced um, also modulate dopamine. Now, about starting about 30 years ago, we also um, added some serotonin, serotonin modulation uh, to those treatments, but fundamentally right now, uh, the same as, you know, 50 years ago, if you're seeking treatment for schizophrenia, you can be treated with some form of, of dopamine modulator. Um, and those treatments do offer benefits, um, particularly towards the positive symptoms or psychosis of schizophrenia. Um, you know, right now there's nothing that's currently available that's approved for treating the negative or effective symptoms of schizophrenia nor the cognitive impairment associated with schizophrenia. Um, and, you know, these treatments are available. They do, um, unfortunately, have a number of significant long-term safety considerations associated, you know, with that dopamine and serotonin um, mechanism of action. Um, the things we talk about, you know, most frequently tend to be the sedative effects, um, the weight gain and potential metabolic dysfunction and glucose intolerance, as well as, um, the introduction of, of or initiation of movement disorders that are almost Parkinsonian-like syndromes in these patients um, due to the decreased dopamine signaling. Now, I do understand that you're in uh, testing and seeking approval for CAR-XT. Explain how this candidate works and when do you expect some results from your tests? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're very excited about um, the potential of CAR-XT as a, as a new treatment. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we've previously completed some human clinical trials. We have a number of additional studies ongoing, including uh, our first phase three clinical trial reading out here in the third quarter of, of 2022, so here pretty quickly. Um, you know, I think why we're excited about CAR-XT and its potential is a completely different mechanism of action than all currently available treatments. You know, I mentioned uh, a moment ago how they all focus on either dopamine well, all focus on dopamine, um, and some also have some serotonin-based signaling. Um, you know, CAR-XT targets a completely different neurotransmitter system. Uh, they target the muscarinic acetylcholine receptors. Um, and that key fundamental scientific difference, we believe, leads to some significant, you know, potential advantages. Um, we've been able to demonstrate um, in our initial trial a very robust effect towards psychosis or positive symptoms of schizophrenia. We've also seen some evidence of potential benefits towards negative symptoms and cognitive symptoms of schizophrenia. Um, 
but but really it comes back to that unique pharmacology and unique mechanism. I think, you know, with many complex disorders, speaking, you know, to, to mental illness, but outside of mental illness as well, you know, think about oncology or other indications where we have multiple different treatment options that work fundamentally differently and we can use them separately. We can use them together. Um, I think unfortunately in schizophrenia, we just haven't really had that option because of all of the available treatments have kind of the same underlying mechanism of action. I think our opportunity with CAR-XT is to introduce something completely new. I think our, our clinical data suggests um, potential broad benefits. It also, I think, suggests that it's not associated with the most problematic side effects of existing treatments, you know, namely the sedative effects, weight gain, metabolic dysfunction, and these movement disorder symptoms that I referred to earlier. I think if we're able to continue to demonstrate that um, in our additional clinical trials, I think CAR-XT has the potential to be you know, an exciting new treatment option um, that really is different from current therapies. Give us a website where we can learn more. Yeah, so you can go to www.karunatx.com. That's K-A-R-U-N-A-T-X.com. Dr. Miller, I appreciate you giving us some of your time. Thank you so much for this information, and I'm hoping that you'll return. Great. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation as well. Always happy to talk about what we're doing and hopefully the, the positive impact we can have um, on patients and caregivers and in general, the field of um, you know psychiatric and, and mental illness. Well, uh, as I said, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio. Looking forward to our next conversation. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Andrew Miller. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Listen in, download to SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.